0: Welcome in, everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7, joined as always by our fearless leader, the managing editor of Horns 24-7, the one and only Taylor Estes. Taylor, uh, it is Monday of Texas's off week, two days removed from another double-digit lead, uh, squandered in a loss to Oklahoma State. Um, who ran all over Texas in the fourth quarter Um, that was uh, that was not pretty and the offense didn't do anything to help uh, going on four straight three and outs a four and out and an interception and today we talked to Steve Sarkeesian um, who said we can you know focus on everything negative and you know that's not going to be productive so Um, We need to look at what we're doing well and figure out how to expand on those things and then look at the areas that uh, are not working and make make some decisions in terms of whether it's play calling, um, coaching personnel or scheme. So a lot on the Longhorns plate this week.
1: Yes, there definitely is. And and even though they're off, they still will be practicing. Steve Sarkeesian said that the team will be practicing Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then the coaching staff will be out recruiting Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. But there's no shortage of issues, I think, that Texas has on its plate to tie to, you know, try to correct. And some of them, Chip, I, you know, you have to wonder if some of it is correctable because one of the biggest issues I think that is showing up is a lack of mental toughness later in games. And when things start going against Texas or not in their favor, we talked about it after the the Oklahoma State game, it's almost like, oh no, here we go again. And that's something that's not going to be corrected in year, year one or after one game or anything for Steve Sarkeesian. It's something that he inherited and the staff inherited, but it's going to be about, you know, trying to lift them up, I think at this point, as much as possible to try to avoid them from getting in that spiraling when things start going out of their control. I mean, I don't envy Steve Sarkeesian and the staff any bit. I would, you know, I feel like a coach would rather have some type of physical errors that his team is doing over mental errors because, you know, you you can't live in someone's mind, you know, you don't know what they're thinking. So there's a lot of work to be done. And the good, the good news, I think for Texas is there's you know, two weeks to try to correct it right now before they face another top 25 ranked opponent at Baylor.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's um, there are certain things that the coaches can do. And then there are certain things the players are going to have to do. And one of the things that I look at from a schematics standpoint, and I wrote about this in the in the morning brew on Monday was Go into more of a four-man front on defense. If you know you play a three-man front um, and you rush three and drop eight, you invite teams to run the ball, and that's great if you have linebackers who are sideline to sideline, safeties who clean up any mess, and and you can stop the run. But Texas can't stop the run. They're not setting an edge um, in in defensively to stop the outside runs that they've been getting gashed by. Um, you know, I proposed you put Alfred Collins at the strong side defensive end, you put Byron Murphy and Mora Ojomo at the 3 technique, put Keandre Coburn and Tavandre Sweat at the nose, maybe even at a 0 technique right over the center and try and get a push on the center immediately to to disrupt things. But they don't have the linebacker core or the safeties to play a three-man front certainly not a too high safety look and stop the run they've got to be more versatile in terms of how they're playing on defense and and possibly even move some guys around i mean look josh thompson can do it all right he's played him, every position
1: on right maybe, in the secondary he has
0: you move him back to safety put darian dunn at corner because they're not getting production at the safety position. They demoted Jaron Thompson. Um, BJ Foster has some bad film out there. That's a position, you know, in this two weeks that you have to look at and and decide, and, you know, it's uh, uh, DeMarvin Overshawn's coming back from a concussion. He's out this week, so get a closer look at Jalen Ford and David Benda and see what these guys can do. We saw Jalen Ford with 12 tackles in the Oklahoma state game. They have to get out of their comfort zone as coaches and get some of these players out of their comfort zone. That, that the play that's on film, the bad play that's on film is unacceptable. Yeah. Uh, You'd like that correction to be coming from other players, police policing each other, but if it comes to it you're gonna have to move some guys out of the lineup and and move some guys around
1: right yeah and and the, that's where this is tricky for a first year coaching staff i mean this is why you know i know there a lot of people saw the alabama game you know national championship game and a lot of texas fans were so excited about what the future could hold but the reality is you know this is not they're, this is, you know, Steve Sarkeesian and his staff's team, obviously, but it's not the guys that they recruited. And so they are trying to mix and match, you know, and try not just trying to mix and match, you know, different formations, different schemes, different players on the field, but they're still trying to learn, I think, the what they have at their disposal. And at this point, Chip, a part of me really wonders, you know, because there is, a, it doesn't really seem like there's much repercussion um, from a poor play. You know, if, if a guy makes up a, a really bad play and continues to struggle in games, there hasn't really been a repercussion because I don't know if this staff believes that there is enough depth to bench him. And so if they're not, you know, if they are essentially don't have any, you know, pr- if they are struggling consistently, keep making the same mistakes, but they know that there's not somebody behind them that's going to take their job. How do you correct that? And I think that's something that we're seeing right now with Texas. I, I think that, you know, this is it's a tricky situation. It's why we tried to temper Texas fans expectations in year one of a coaching staff, because you are taking over a whole a whole new team. You have to get them ready, obviously. And um, you know, there's no doubt that Texas has been ready to start games. I don't think there's any question in anybody's mind right now that Texas isn't prepared for once they kick off, you know, in the first quarter, it's that they are not able to keep that going. And I think that all, a lot of it just is falling on, not just, you know the mental fragility we'll call it of the team or the here we go again but also on a lack of you know quality depth and i think that's you know something that you can't correct in year one you know they got to get their recruits in but you you know i know fans don't want to hear is it as an excuse but if there's no players that the coaches feel are better than the guys on the field why would you put other guys on the field in place of them. And I think this is this is kind of a weird situation, kind of a crossroads that Texas is at right now and they're going to have to really figure out if they want to, you know, get these guys to realize hey, your job is something that you can lose and, you know, you will give someone else a chance out there, if, even if it means moving like a Josh Thompson to safety because there's no doubt the safety position is probably the weakest on this team aside from offensive line, but yeah, I mean there there's I feel like they're at a the crossroads right now. And they're going to have a ton of work to do in this bye week but i don't know what you can truly expect from a change um moving forward unless the team truly you know buys in and realizes hey we can finish games the same way that we start them
0: yeah and it's one thing um if all the coaches are on the same page and we don't know that they are or they aren't right um but if steve Sarkeesian needs to go to pete kwikowski and say hey pete defense is doing a great job creating turnovers they're tied for the lead in the big 12 with um 11 forced turnovers and the defense is playing well in the red zone but we're we're getting killed um you know by the run especially late in games I mean if you go back and look at the uh, the Oklahoma and Oklahoma State game in the fourth quarter of the Oklahoma State game, Oklahoma State ran it 21 times for 145 yards in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. That's 6.9 a carry as OSU outscored Texas 16 to nothing in the fourth quarter. And against OU, OU ran the ball nine times for 91 yards. That's 10.1 a carry in the fourth quarter as OU outscored Texas 25 to seven in the fourth quarter. So, that's where you've got, you've got to be, you've got to be better against the run. That typically means a four man front. And we saw the Texas defense get better against the run last year when they went to a four man front under Chris Ash, gave up less than four yards per carry for the season. Um, And, you know, does Steve Sarkisian have to go to Pete Kwiatkowski and say, okay, this is what we're going to have to do. That's not, Ideally, what Steve Sarkeesian wants, he's sort of the offensive head coach. Pete is sort of the defensive head coach, but that's a conversation that needs to be had. In addition to, do we have the right personnel out there? Are we rewarding bad play? Are, and that's what I feel like Steve Sarkeesian was trying to tell us today in terms of the self-scout that's going on this week, mixed in with some preparation for Baylor uh and then a lot of preparation for baylor next week but i mean this is a critical week for steve sarkeesian in year one um because he's got to, they've got to reach a comfort level as a coaching staff with how they're going to play complementary football Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: and that means you know steve sarkeesian and Pete kwikowski uh coming together and and you know because pete Kwiatkowski plays a lot of too high safety, plays it in the red zone. Mm -hmm. Okay. That invites teams to run the football, and they have been. And that's got to stop because here comes Baylor, the number one rushing offense in the Big 12. No one saw this coming. I didn't.
1: No. After last year? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Your offense was awful.
0: (laughs) Larry Fedora. Then comes Jeff Grimes from BYU, and suddenly – Baylor quarterback Jerry Bohannon's thrown for four touchdowns against West Virginia, and and a former linebacker Abram Smith is is you know top four in rushing in the Big Twelve, uh, and just ran all over BYU uh, to get to six and one and number twenty in the in the ranking. So there is no again no adjustment period no no warm up. For Mm -hmm. Texas coming out of this bye week, it's not—it's not Kansas. It's not, you know. It's 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 the run defense of Texas is going to get, you know, faced with another daunting task in Baylor in wait at eleven a.m. for the fifth straight time.
1: And who would have thought that? I mean, you know, we go back to before the season started. We were talking on the flagship podcast about this gauntlet stretch that texas is going to go through to start big 12 play but it, we had it pretty much ending after the oklahoma state game you know if they can get to that bye week then they'll be good but now you know the latter half of the schedule is more of a challenge than i think anybody would have expected i, I especially i had no clue that baylor was gonna you know be this in year 200 under Dave Aranda, and and good for them i mean that that's some you know really um, quality coaching, I think, and recruiting, you know, to get some of these guys into uh, their team. But this is, yeah, there's no doubt that the defense is going to have to figure out something to stop the run. I mean, that Oklahoma game chip, you go back to that, you know, Lincoln Riley essentially put it on film exactly how you can beat Texas. And it was running the ball and just absolutely gashing an already tired defense that's not getting help from, you know, the offense later in games, just like what happened in Oklahoma State. I mean, I know a lot of people, there's been, I've seen a lot of people question this about if this is on the strength and conditioning coach, Tori Beckton to not have these guys in shape, to be ready to go late in games. And the part of you sitting there thinking like, what else can he do? I mean, like if you have, you know, however many guys that are on the, you know, get a minute rest after being on the field for, you know, however many plays, I mean, Texas, the amount of plays that Texas is the defense is playing is way more than what the offense is putting up in the last two games, too. So, you know, there's it's almost like, w- what more can you do other than making sure that the offense does, you know, can convert and extend drives, which that's not on the strength coach to figure that one out. So I mean, there's just so many questions right now. And you're right. I mean, this is this is a crucial, crucial time for Texas, especially, knowing that this all has to be corrected before they face more than likely another top 25 ranked opponent, which would be the third straight, you know, add an 11 a.m. kick up on the road. I mean, you know, the last time Texas played in a road game, I I guess you can call the OU game a road game. It's not really, but, um, you know, TCU, they had some ups and downs, you know, and then Arkansas, they had ups and downs in that game too. So I still think this is, you know, definitely going to be much more of a challenge and a lot more to work on, I think, than a lot of people expected prior to the season going into this bye week with Baylor, you know, next on the schedule.
0: You know, a lot of times we, we see a a position group underperforming and we say, oh, those players, you know, they're, they're not any good, or we were sold a bill of goods. You look at the defensive line and we're kind of back in the same predicament, you know, with, if you, if you play a three, three man front, Your defensive lineman's job is to control two gaps fend off double teams so that your linebackers and your back seven can make the tackles it's you're not featuring your talent on the defensive line in a three-man front unless you have a monster at nose tackle who can just wreck everything and in a four-man front the players are getting into gaps they can penetrate they can disrupt the outside runs, you know. The way you you beat counter is by, you know, blasting through the gap and disrupting everything. And and same with the outside zone. These are two running plays that OU demolished Texas with in the fourth quarter, and Oklahoma State did too. So these are the questions I think that you know Steve Sarkisian has to be asking, uh, Pete Kwiatkowski has to be asking are we putting our best players in position to make plays? To me, Byron Murphy needs to be playing more. Alfred Collins should already be the best player on this defense, and and that's something that he needs to play more. He needs to be put in position to make plays, put him outside at defensive end where he can stop the run but also uh, you know get into a pass rush mode more easily than having to fend off you know, two blockers or throw an offensive lineman to control a gap. It's, it's, um, it, it's, it feels like Pete Kwiatkowski doing what's comfortable for him and it might require him getting out of his comfort zone to accommodate his talent. And, and so that's one area I'm really watching, uh, going forward. Obviously the offensive line is struggling roll the pocket. They did that some against Oklahoma. And Texas did it a ton the year that Texas went to the national championship in 09 with Colt McCoy playing behind a, an average offensive line. Let's say,
1: yeah, at best, Col- average. I'd say Colt was he made so it good. look a lot better.
0: Right, Colt was so good throwing on the run. They rolled the pocket all the time. Casey Thompson can throw on the run, roll the pocket, do things that are going to hide your offensive line, and and then you know, try and get into a rhythm uh, because there are other really good run defenses still to be played. Um, Iowa State, West Virginia, Baylor of all people, um, K-State even. So it's, uh, this is a, a real um, soul search week for Steve Sarkeesian and his coaching staff, because the players are not going to play with confidence in the fourth quarter. They're not going to hang on to leads If they don't feel like they're in position to make plays, and are playing with confidence, and to me it feels like they're not in position because we've seen all these guys make plays in the past, even you know BJ Foster and you know Brendan Schooler, and are they in the right position? Are they? I mean, they don't look like they can control gaps to me, and that just means that everybody's out of position and you're you're conducting a fire drill. Right. So, I'm I'm watching that this week because I think um that the coaches have to get out of their comfort zone too to build that player confidence. And then the and then the players have to hold each other accountable and say, what kind of effort is that? That's unacceptable.
1: Yeah. But here's the the you know kind of caveat to that though, Chip is who who replaces bj foster or brendan schooler right now at safety i mean brendan schooler's a receiver that's now playing safety because that's how limited depth that texas had quality depth that texas had at safety i mean it's 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 kind of a lose-lose situation in a sense and you don't want to say that you know and if you're a texas fan i know you don't want to hear that right now but you're right i mean Neither one of them are playing well. b j. Foster, I feel like, has only regressed since probably his early of his sophomore year. I would say he's he's only regressed since then. And there's still nobody to really, you know c- come in the game and punish him for him regressing and not getting better and making, you know, key crucial mistakes. and that same goes for the other safety. I mean, this is where this is a tough, you know, situation. This is why these coaches get paid millions of dollars um to to try to figure it out, but you know, you're right. I mean, the safety position right now is again, easily the weakest one on the team, and I don't know how it gets better. I really don't. I don't know I don't know that Jaron Thompson is the answer. Um, you know, I, and if players aren't playing with effort, Effort's not really a coachable thing. Effort is something that should be, you know, just automatic. It should be playing instinctually and effort should come along with that. And Texas is not doing that right now. And I hate to say it, but I think the the last you know three years of these players, their experience at Texas has only made it to where this is this is not surprising, probably right now. And it and it you don't expect that when there's a new coaching staff and everything there. But I think that until they can get their own guys in here, you're going to be dealing with this. But I, you know, they have to they have to adjust their scheme to the players that they have. You can't, you know, fit a, a square peg into a round hole. And so, you know, I think that they're gonna have to do something, but I think you're probably right with Pete Kwakowski. You know, he probably is playing it a little safe because it's what he knows. And, you know, he's gonna have to get out of that comfort zone a little bit, especially. You know if if their safeties are struggling the way that they are i mean this is that's just not and and the linebacker depth i mean come on like Demarvin and overshawn is the linebackers at texas that's it and he was out of that game and i do think jalen ford we talked about this after the oklahoma state game i feel that he came in and played pretty well um all things considered but still you don't want to have a pretty well guy coming in for the linebacker group either so there's i just i feel bad i feel a little sorry for these coaches if i'm honest i mean this is this is a tough you know challenge that they're gonna have and they took over a beaten down team and a beaten down program and you know they're gonna have to work through the kinks but definitely have to do it soon i'll tell you that
0: yeah well i think when you look at um, you know the possibilities of of josh thompson to safety or jade barron Um, you know, these are the questions we're not in practice. We don't know how well these guys are, are practicing or what exactly they're capable of if, if they have to make a position, switch seven games into the season, but, um, I think the first thing you do is you change the front and, and let the big guys try to set the tone if they can, because they need to be more disruptive and they had just moved. From a three-man front to a four-man front last year, and we're getting comfortable with it now. They're back into a three-man front um, a lot of the time. I mean, Pete Pekarowski does play some some four-man front, but it does it's not second nature to him. So, um, you know, these are the questions. And and then offensively, you've got uh, Casey Thompson needs to rebound. Case, I mean, uh, Steve Sarkeesian said today he'll continue to be the starter when he was asked why Hudson Card wouldn't get uh, a look. Uh, Sarkeesian said Casey's earned the right to work through some things. He threw for five touchdowns against Texas Tech. He threw for five touchdowns uh, under duress uh, against Oklahoma. Uh, only player in the Red River shootout history to throw for five touchdowns with no turnovers. Um, and I agree with that. I mean, I think Casey, if anything, I would run Casey Moore. Yeah, I mean he's he's a he's a gifted runner. Sark doesn't like to run the quarterback. Okay, get out of your comfort zone. You've got a quarterback who can make some plays running the football. Get get creative. Um, find what the comfort level is. And and I'm not talking about trying to run Casey on third and one and fourth and three. Uh, I'm talking about designed runs uh, that can take some of the pressure off Bijan Robinson. Uh, obviously, Texas really struggled to run the football with Bijan Robinson on first down late in the Oklahoma State game. The Cowboys sold out for it, and it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, you know, without Jordan Whittington, uh, I didn't see Calvante Dixon enough. I thought, let's, let's see Calvante Dixon. He's made a couple of big third down catches earlier in the year um to me he's a guy who's ready i mean let's and keelan robinson obviously you know the the flip pass to him for 35 yards was a great wrinkle and then we didn't see any kind of counter off of that for keelan robinson i mean so there's more in the tank and the coaches have to figure that out and and then the players have to hold each other accountable because the one thing that bothers me about you know sarkeesian saying we're mentally fragile. Our psyche's a little fragile is it's kind of an out for the players. The, the dogs in that locker room will say psychologically fragile, Mm -hmm. ridiculous. We're going to go, you know, who's psychologically fragile. I'll, I'll mash them, you know, right. That part of the, the locker room has to come out now because it's, it's, it's kind of a call out really. Yeah.
1: No, you're right. It is. And and here's the question for that, Chip, is who are those guys that will hold the teammates accountable? You look back at last season, it was Joseph Osai for the defense, and it was Sam Ellinger on offense. And they always played with 110% effort. There was never a question if they were mentally fragile. Never. And you never questioned if they were playing you know, with the highest level of effort that they possibly and physically can play. But now I don't know who those guys are. And it's kind of surprising that we are seven games into covering this team. You and I are. And I, I can't point to one right now. I really do not know who that guy is. Do you?
0: Well, I think Bijan is. And, and Bijan talks about how he, he says to his offensive line, hey, we got to keep going. And he, he said after the Oklahoma State game, I got to be more vocal. Yeah, Bijan's a nice guy, but he's going to have to take the nice guy gloves off and and shake some people because um, and not not just dog him and call him out, but tell him, hey, we're going to win this game, right? Follow my lead. We're going to get it done. And um, and then defensively, you ideally you'd like for either a defensive lineman or your best player. In this case, it's DeMarvy and Overshawn to be that guy. And Overshawn was out in the Oklahoma State game uh, after the first quarter. So uh, you need more, obviously. You need more of those players, um, and that's uh, that's got to be developed. I mean, I look at a guy like Byron Murphy, and I see a guy who could be the next Roy Miller. I see Alfred Collins and see a monster who needs his technique sharpened, better use of his hands. That's on Bo Davis. Um, you know, do they need a defensive ends coach? Pete Kwakowski didn't get to put his defensive staff together. Everyone was hired, uh, before him, except for right. Choate, you know, I mean, he's, Pete kwakowski has got to tie the front and the back of the defense together and he's doing it with guys he's never worked with before other than the inside linebackers and, you know, co-coordinator Jeff Choate. So, um, you know, this is, this is soul search time. Um, and and then going into next week, we'll we'll dive more into Baylor. But that that is a surprising, um, as as you said, a, a surprising addition to Texas's midseason gauntlet, Taylor. Um, mm-hmm. All right, you ready for some love it or leave it?
1: Yes, I am. Before we get to love it or leave it, we're going to take a really quick break. But stick around because football talk continues here on the flagship podcast. So stay tuned. We will be right back. Chip, are you ready for some Love It or Leave It? Let's go. All righty. My first one for you is Love It or Leave It. The mindset of the program not being able to finish games didn't start under Steve Sarkeesian, and it's not going to get fixed until he can bring more of his own recruits in.
0: I think uh, there is some credence to this, but I'm going to leave this right now because I think Steve Sarkisian said it best today. He said, I'm not one, you know, to, I'm, I'm not going to put something off. I'm not going to put off fixing a problem. I'm going to address it head on. And I do think there are things they can do to fix the mindset. I mean, I look at, I look at Baylor with Jeff Grimes coming in and taking a moribund offense and turning it into a, a machine, A you know, an offense that beat Iowa state and, rolled over West Virginia and rolled over uh five and one BYU. And those guys are playing with a lot of confidence and and they're getting better. I think there are things this coaching staff can do. All the things we just illustrated um before Love It or Leave It. So I'm gonna leave this and say that they're they can get some things fixed. And and look, there are a lot of young players. I mean, even some of their best players don't have a ton of starting experience. Casey Thompson is seven game. Well, he didn't even start the first uh, two games, Yeah, five Uh, five games games into his career uh, as a starter, you know, Alfred Collins, Byron Murphy. Some of these guys are green as grass um, and, and they need time. No one wants to hear that next year's the year because Texas has been saying that for a decade, but I'm going to, I'm going to leave this for right now. Taylor, how about you?
1: I think I'm gonna love it. Um, you know, I think it's it's obvious that this is not a Steve Sarkeesian, you know, um, problem that started under him. You know, this has been consistent going back throughout, you know, Tom Herman's four years at Texas is they rarely did they ever blow teams out. You know, it was almost like they Got a lead and then played safe and then let teams get back in. Sometimes they win those games, sometimes they lose them, go back to the 2018 Oklahoma game. They at least were able to hold off, you know, Kyler Murray, but still they scored 21 points in the fourth quarter of that game. And so I think that there's no denying that this didn't start under Steve Sarkeesian. I do think, you know, he is going to work to get it fixed, but I also am the one type of person that doesn't think this is going to get fixed in a week um, because it's such a normal, you know, kind of thought process of these, these players, because they've, they've been through it, you know, whether they're young or not. I mean, you know, Casey Thompson, he may have only been starting five games. However, he was on those teams that, and he witnessed the teams get to the, Oh no, here we go again. So even though he was not on the field, he still learned or saw that behavior. And it's kind of a learned behavior in a sense. And I don't think it's going to take a week. get rid of it i think it's going to take enough time and then get guys into the program to try to eliminate that mentality from the locker room and eliminate any sort of here we go again when things start going you know not in texas favor so i think i'm gonna have to I, i think he's gonna definitely work to get it fixed but if the question is it's not going to get fixed until he can bring in more of his recruits yeah i think that's the case i think that's true and you know it's. Not what Texas fans want to hear. It's not a pass in any way. Um, you know, I, I think that that's a hundred percent not the case at all. Um, I think a lot of the blame goes on the players too. You know, coaches get a ton of blame when it comes to losses, but this is all also the players' mentality. It's not the mentality of this coaching staff. So, you know, it's it's something that I believe they're gonna to work to correct. I just don't think one bye week is going to fix the issue. So I'm gonna to have to love it.
0: Yeah. And I think it's it's a steady fix you know I mean five games left you want to see that improvement it's what we've been talking about for years the sign of a well coached team is week to week improvement the great programs you see that we haven't seen it at Texas we thought we were seeing it um a bit uh -hmm. but it um it's been hard to come by all right Taylor love it or leave it number two
1: All right. Number two for you is love it or leave it. The biggest adjustments in the off week need to be made on defense.
0: I think so. I mean, I'm going to love this because I, I, I feel like there are things they can explore. Um, and we talked about it earlier in the, in the, in the show, uh, whether it's, you know, more four man front changing up some personnel, um, at each level of the defense. um, You know, I think that's where it needs to start because uh, the offense has shown, they didn't show it against Oklahoma State, but the offense has shown it can carry the load and outscore teams. And, um, you know, they certainly should have beaten Oklahoma. Uh, But, I mean, the offensive line, Steve Sarkeesian said today that, Competition between Tope Amade and Hayden Connor, and then mentioned competition at left tackle between Christian Jones and Andre Carrick is good. This is the closest we've heard from Steve Sarkeesian that guys jobs are in jeopardy, right? Um, And that's, that's a good thing. I mean, you, you've got to have, if there are younger players who, you know, yeah, they're going to make mistakes, but you see that upside and they're going to be the better player. We're at that point now in the season where we got to move to that younger player, right? You know, God bless Tope Amade. Great story. 60 year guy got his first start in his career last week. Uh, but he's got to battle Hayden Connor every step of the way. Now, um, Tyler Johnson, where are you? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, he five-star recruit talented, um, you know, from what we've heard, enjoys being on the Texas football team and going down to sixth street uh and talking about being on the football team maybe doesn't love practice and all the grind of it um let's find the love of the game in that guy and get him coached up so um but the majority i would say taylor um is you know the adjustments need to happen on defense so i will love that how about you
1: Uh, i'm kind of torn a little bit um because it's probably just because you know the Oklahoma State game. Obviously, against Oklahoma, if you score forty-eight points, you don't expect to lose that game. So that that fell on the defense, no doubt about it. And especially as the game wore on in the second half, um, but the offense was just not good in the second half against Oklahoma State. I mean, that was it. Had signs of honestly, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the Oklahoma State game in twenty seventeen. Uh, Tom Herman's first year, you know, that went to overtime, what was a final 13 to 10. But it was like the defense did everything they possibly could to keep them in that game. And the offense just stopped. And I felt like it was a little reminiscent of that. But you know, if you're looking at the remaining, you know, teams on the schedule, the Big 12 conference in general, being the type of firepower type of offensive league that it's been known to be, I think that you know, people are always going to look at the defense being the reason for losses. The offense is always going to be the reason for wins. And so if that's the way that it's going to be, then yeah, I think there does, there needs to be some adjustments on defense. I just don't know what, if you don't have the personnel, I don't know what else you really do. I mean, you can't, you know, I I, I was going to say, can't make chicken salad out of, you know what, I'm not saying that's what this is or anything like that, but still, if there's a personnel issue, I don't know how how many adjustments can be made to make it different, but I guess I I don't know. I'm kind of like talking my way into the middle. I think of this one, so I'll I'll love it and say that you know just because of um, some of the issues that defense has shown more consistently than the offense, that's probably the side of the ball that needs to make more adjustments. Both sides need a lot of work to do, though. I think.
0: Yeah. Um, All right, love it or leave it. Number three.
1: All right. Number three is love it or leave it. Baylor rising to number 20 at six and one and three and one in big 12 play is the biggest surprise of the league so far.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to love this because they beat Iowa state and we thought Oklahoma and Iowa state were legit. um, You know, the top two contenders with all they had returning. Um, and and we could even say Caleb Williams is a, is a surprise, but he's not really because we knew he was a super talented guy and Spencer Rattler getting demoted. There were some writers in Oklahoma who, who put Caleb Williams as their Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year before the season. So I'm going to love this because Baylor, to me, I thought uh, Dave Aranda blew it by hiring Larry fedora that it was going to, you know, defensive minded head coaches have to get it right on the offensive side. They have to hire the right guy or they're doomed. Ask, Mm -hmm. you know, cliff Kingsbury, he Charlie strong, Charlie strong. We, we know, you know, cliff can call offense. He couldn't hire the right defensive coordinator in time. Now in the NFL, he doesn't have to hire the defensive coordinator. The Arizona Cardinals GM does that, but, um, You know, in this situation, you bring in Jeff Grimes from BYU, you know, Zach Wilson leaves, goes to the New York Jets, and Jeff Grimes chooses to come to Baylor and has just transformed that offense. So, um, and Dave Aranda knows what he's doing on defense, and they're getting good play out of Treston Ebner and special teams. And so, um, I don't think there's any doubt that Baylor at 6-1, and number 20, uh, number one rushing offense in the in the Big Twelve after last year, uh, Tristan Ebner almost transferred last year. He was so frustrated. So, um, and Charlie Brewer did transfer. He was so right. frustrated. So, um, yeah, I'm going to love this, Taylor. How about you?
1: Uh, I'm kind of torn too because there there's no doubt that this is a huge surprise. I definitely did not expect that, but I also didn't expect the preseason Heisman favorite Spencer Rattler to be benched and replaced for the foreseeable future. It appears to where the, you know, I think the question is where does Spencer Rattler end up next year? The question before the season was, does Spencer Rattler go to the NFL after next year? That's not the question anymore. It's, does he stay at OU or does he transfer? And I think he's probably going to be one of the first names in the transfer portal at the end of the season if this continues. And if Caleb Williams, you know, continues to play the way he has in the last two games now for Oklahoma, that's a huge surprise to me. I mean, that is so huge. It's hard for me to love this because I mean, this is a Heisman favorite. Like when does that happen? Name the last time that's ever happened. I can't, I don't, I can't think of a time where that's yeah, been I mean, the case. The
0: closest would probably be what happened with Jalen Hurts and Tua Tongavailoa at Alabama, you know, where Jalen Hurts played for a national championship, probably should have won it against Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, but Deshaun Watson leads that last second drive. And then the next year they're back in the national championship game and and Jalen Hurts gets benched for Tua, and Tua leads them to the national championship victory over Georgia. Um, but yeah, it's I mean, it's rare.
1: It's, it's very rare. Yeah. But it also is very rare to see a team. What was Baylor's record last year? One in, did they win one game? Right. They, I think they won one. <laughs> let me
0: see
1: here. I'm trying to think. Oh, no. They, I'm sorry. They went two and seven last year. So with their wins against two Kansas, yes. K State. Yeah. 1.1 over K State. So, yeah i don't know i'm just gonna go against you since i feel like i've gone against you on each one of these and i'll say (laughs) i'm gonna leave it it's a huge surprise but spencer rattler not being the quarterback at oklahoma and not because of injury and totally falling out of the heisman race not because of injury but actually because of his play i think it's the biggest surprise for me
0: yeah i mean and caleb williams was dealing against tcu that Mm -hmm. kid looks like a, a natural born killer on the football field. So, um, And Texas
1: needed that. I mean, the worst thing that could have happened was he'd go in that TCU game and absolutely blow it. Like that would be, Texas fans would be losing their minds even more so than they already are. So it's it's a good thing for Texas that Caleb Williams continued to play that well, especially against, you know, a team that Texas did beat too. So, I mean, it was a close game, but still, yeah, that – I mean no no texas fan wants to root for ou by any means but that doesn't hurt texas to see caleb will williams continue to play this well
0: yeah and i'll say it again if spencer rattler would have finished the texas game texas would have won that game by 30. Yeah, they had totally him rattled right. they had the they had a nice game plan i don't want to come off today as if i'm just totally down on Pete kwiatkowski because he's had you know, they are tied for the lead in forced turnovers in the Big 12. They've played good red zone defense, including against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State had three first downs, in two inside the 10, one at the uh, 11, and Texas held them to field goals in all three of those situations. So, you know, there are good things happening there, but when Caleb Williams came into the game, it was, uh, it was like, where did the defense go? What just happened? Um, there were obviously some some, some poor plays by individual players, poor effort plays, um, that need to get worked out. But um, and they did. I mean, there was a change at safety in the starting lineup. Uh Brendan Schooler and BJ Foster started. Jaron Thompson was demoted. Um, and and so, you know, long, but circling back to what you were talking about, I mean. Caleb Williams is going to be a problem. So yes, yes um, he is. Taylor, good, good stuff. I mean, it's a, uh, it's a tough week for Texas fans. Cause it's, it's like, where do we go from here? Um, right. Our coach says we have a fragile psyche uh, for the players. That needs to be a wake up call. And, and for the coaches, they need to make sure they're doing absolutely everything to put those players uh, in the right position to succeed, not just at the beginning of a game, but as the Fort game <laughs> wears on and the adjustments need to be made. Gary right. Patterson said it. I love it. He said, uh, what makes a, a great coach, someone who can uh, address a problem and fix it quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's what adjustments are all about. So right. we'll see um, if that,
1: we'll see if they have that, but You know, Texas is off this week to work on that. But we're not going to be off, though, Chip, because we have a very special guest for our uh, interview this week. Uh, Former Texas defensive back Michael Griffin will be joining the flagship podcast um, for Thursday's show. So, uh, we've already recorded it, and I'm just going to give a little teaser and say you're going to want to listen to what Michael Griffin had to say about this team, you know, being a member of a national championship team, that 05 championship team at Texas. He knows a thing or two about needing to be physically and mentally tough and needing to have some dogs in the locker room to call players out. And you'll hear about that and his stance on this Texas team on Thursday. So you'll want to stay tuned for that.
0: Yes, you will. <laughs> Uh, trust the, me you do yeah,
1: <laughs> trust sure. us on That's, this one <laughs> it's,
0: a, it's a can't miss and uh, and we mean it uh, until then uh, make sure you're over at horns247.com uh, as an annual member so that you have access to all the VIP content on every team site in the preeminent 24/7 sports network and and become a subscriber uh, to the horns 24/7 YouTube channel so that you never miss uh, a single, episode of all the great podcasts, uh, coming out of horns 24 seven. Uh, so for Taylor Estes, I'm chip Brown until next time here on the flagship podcast, stay safe and keep the faith.